Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. I'm here again with Paul. How are you doing today, Paul? Lovely, mate. And you? Doing well, thank you. I am here with a couple of really awesome guests. Uh, as you probably know, we just crossed the 30th anniversary of Heroes Quest quest for glory but we've already had laurie and Corey cole in a previous episode which uh, and you know it's always great to have them uh whenever they can take the time but i thought i'd do something a little bit different today to celebrate heroes <laughs> quest for glory and i thought i'd bring on the two biggest quest for glory fans that i know I'd like to welcome to the show a good friend of mine and the head administrator of the Classic Gamers Guild Facebook group, Josh Orion Koss. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing well, thank you. As well as Hope Codman, who I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting over PAX weekend. It's uh, great to hear from you again, Hope. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, um, I, I get the feeling that uh, once we get started talking about Quest for Glory, we're not really going to be able to stop. But let's start off with uh what was everyone's first introduction to the series well uh way back in yesteryear of uh 89 my i lived with uh my grandparents and uh my mom and extended family and my uncle he got the game and i would re- i remember just sitting up you know late nights watching him play and being like completely creeped out by the goblins and baba yaga and then you know him getting mad at me because i wouldn't go to bed because I was too busy watching him, and ever since then, it's been a major staple of my life. Quest for Glory uh, was uh, one of the very first Sierra adventure games that I was introduced to. My dad had uh, brought home King's Quest Four, and we loved it so much that once we'd sort of beaten it together, him, uh, myself, and my sister, we wanted another game, and it's it's kind of kismet because we he he went to Babbage's and brought back some game that I still don't know what it was. It was like um some sort of Egyptian mummy game. It was not a Laura Bow game. It oh. didn't work on our mm-hmm. computer. I have no idea what it was. It came with a scarab. I if anyone knows what this game was, I'm very curious. Do you still have the scarab? No, because we returned it. We returned oh. that game because it didn't work on our computer. Right. And so I guess he must have asked the clerk, okay, what's a what's a adventure kind of game? This is what me and my kids like. And he brought back um, Quest for Glory VGA. So this would have been the early 90s when I was introduced to the game. And for years, didn't even know there was an EGA version. Mm-hmm. Um, but we loved it. It was very... It was very strange for me and my sister because we'd come up with this idea of games as this very fairy tale, you know, classic fantasy setting. And one of the things that really struck me was how like, oh my goodness, this is serious now. Like we have stats and mm-hmm. we have classes and like we could die at any moment. And I think kind of like what you said, Josh, um, I was kind of scared of it for a while. Like I was terrified of encountering monsters and Baba Yaga, like we would not even go to her screen because her face animation scared us so much. Um, (laughs) But I still, I, I ended up loving it and played it, but didn't beat it as a kid. And then came back as a, a late middle school, early high school and just, fell in love with it all over and realized I had to have the whole series and it was uh, all over about the crying after so, that. So if you started with quest for glory one VGA and mm-hmm. uh, you, it took you a while to realize there was an EGA, which came first to you, the heroes quest EGA or the quest for glory two? Uh, quest for glory two. So uh, how, I, how did that, like, how did that um, 
work for you like going um from the vga to seeing the sequel which was like a step backwards well it's funny I, I played them all very out of order initially though eventually would go back and beat them in order so we played vga and then i guess we're waxing nostalgic in the late 90s and quest for glory 5 had come out so that was the next one that we played together was oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dragonfire, and so had missed a lot of plot as you might imagine but was like oh kata i know what that is um and then eventually realized i need to get the anthology i need to play all of these play them for real but i love quest for glory 2 very much and I, i'm fine with the text parser like i said my first game was king's quest 4 and right, yeah. you know I'm, I'm happy to use that and I still, it's funny, I think I'm just a loyalist to whatever I played first, because I'll still prefer to play the old, you know, Quest for Glory 2 as opposed to the VGA remake of it. Um, so I think I just like what I like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's just because 16 Colors is best. It was gorgeous. <laughs> exactly. It was a gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. I, I have to assume the same thing, that, that my allegiance is what, with what I started with, because I, I prefer parsers. And I think that's good logic, because I'm not sure there's any way else you could prefer parser games over the rest. <laughs> it's got to be. Per, on, you know, on personal levels, which is your favorite in the series? I, I actually, I, I go back and forth between two and four being my favorite. Uh, four's obviously got the best plot of all of the whole series, but two is the one that I just completely fell in love with the graphics. I think it's the most beautiful of all the games, but you know, I'm also a fan of EGA art. But uh, I, I believe that that Quest for Glory 2 is like the most beautiful 16 color game out there because what they were able to do with all the dithering, especially with the sand dunes and the night scenes, mm-hmm. it's just pure beauty. Well, I think um, it's a gorgeous game. Yeah, I think Corey even said like that was the last of the um, 16 color EGA. I believe it was. I mean, they Mm -hmm. they had a lot of time under their belt by the time they were able to get there because you compare that to like some of the older EGA games and, you know, dithering didn't even exist. Yeah, I I concur. It's beautiful. With Quest for Glory, like that was the one game for me that that I didn't play very, like much of as a kid. Uh, I think as a kid, I was like kind of scared of it. Uh, well, like everyone else, it seems. Um, but, but, <laughs> it's those cheetahs, man. It's the cheetahs. They were the mantras. Uh, I, oh, I wrote yeah. notes about all my impressions. We can get into it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, by all means. Give, uh, oh no, I mean, I'll save them. I, uh, long story short, when you invited me to be on this, I, uh, with the help of my husband, uh, resurrected my 15-year-old desktop that had all the games on it and just wow. played awesome. uh, Quest for Glory 1 again in this like, blaze of glory and wrote notes about my, my impressions uh, and stuff that flooded back. So, But I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> I, I had a great time. Blaze of Glory, that was a nice pun. Quest for Blaze of Glory. Know. Yeah, no. Quest for the Blaze <laughs> of Glory. Oh, God, that's awesome that you got that working again. It's always something fun about the... I almost like when little things go wrong with getting old equipment to work again. You know, things that you can, <laughs> you know, get over and actually, you know, acquire. But it's like if it works right away, it takes some fun out of it. Every time I get a new device, I like. I used to have like an old uh, handheld, like, uh, like Windows CE handheld pocket PC. Right. And every time I get a new device, I try to find some way to get like DOS running on it, so yeah. I can play like the old games on it and. Uh, yes. One time I managed to actually get the CD version of Quest for Glory 4 working on it, and nice. just hearing John Reese davies voice coming from one mono little speaker was <laughs> just glorious <laughs> in, like, the early 2000s. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it is, it's, it's same thing with like CGA monitors and all that. I, I mean, not that I've got one working or anything like that, but there's, yeah, something satisfying about downgrading the equipment to match the times. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the CD version of the Quest for um, of Quest for Glory Four because uh, I've never got that to work, or at least not the anthology version. Um, when I once I bought the Quest for Glory anthology, I can't remember what year that was, uh, mid nineties, I guess. Uh, once I once I bought that, um, I was never able to play Quest for Glory Four again until GOG came out. Oh wow! Were you able to get the voices on that version? I haven't played the GOG yes. version. Yes, okay. that was like the first time I got to hear the voices. I was gonna say I don't I can't imagine playing it without the voices that makes that game so much especially the uh three townsmen oh my gosh they're the best yeah I'd always hear about the voiceovers but I, I my entire experience has always been with the floppy disk version up until very recently I, I remember having a hard time before also mate and I got um I guess it was before GOG, but I got a, from Sierra Help, they have a bunch of really cool um, installer packages you can download for pretty much every Sierra game. It's like a little executable file that you put in the game's folder and it uh, does some sort of wizard, wizardry to, to make it all work. <laughs> so, uh, so Hope, we were talking about the scary monsters. So why don't you give us a bit of a uh, haunted tour of Spielberg Valley? Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, one of one of the uh, impressions that I had of this game that really, uh, you know, be a haunted tour, this is just something that really struck me when I was playing it again, is how almost alien Spielberg is. And I'd forgotten, because when you think about this valley, you think of um, Germanic, kind of sweet, kind of classic and charming Alpine village and valley, which it is in many ways. But there's this very alien quality to Spielberg that I'd forgotten about that really makes the game. So the fact that you have, I mean, not only the monsters, but we can start with the monsters. You have your classic goblins. You have brigands. Uh, you have cheetars, which I suppose are a vaguely, you know, classic style monster. But then you have these giant electrical manta rays that pop out of nowhere <laughs> and shoot you with lasers. Um, you have the Antwerp, which... Who knows? Who can say? I have an idea of what I think it would physically be like in real life, but I think it's really hard it's to conceive of. It's a sentient big chair. Yeah, with like multiple eyes and some innards that you can see through. I mean, that that is purely alien. Also, the fact that I didn't know Antwerp was a city until it was like out of... No, I was in high school. That there were a lot of words <laughs> I learned from Quest for Glory first uh, that I just... Uh, well, yeah, I had no idea what it actually was. Speaking um, of the alienness of the Antwerp, though, uh, just a little pop trivia quiz. Uh, the Antwerp head in the Guild Hall, who is credited as having killed that particular Antwerp? The two guys from Andromeda. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> Paul loses. <laughs> you guys came through for me there, though. I'm really glad somebody got it. <laughs> we're supposed to know what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's, this is kind of funny because you mentioned uh, the alienness of the Antwerp, and it just uh, mm-hmm. it, it's funny that they actually and mentioned that it was uh, the two guys from Andromeda that uh, killed the one that uh, whose head adorns the walls. I still feel I like sh- all the juice would fall out of it if you. I don't know how you'd mount it. You, you pop the Antwerp to kill it, but that one you actually have a beheaded head. So how did they get the head? If no, no, you, you behead the Antwerp to kill it, and you pop it to reproduce it. Hmm. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take that logic. That could work. 
that could work. I just feel like it's filled with goo. Like, how would you stuff that? <laughs> I I don't know. The physics of the Antwerp, I have many questions. I'm here for it. It's flubber. But I, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it's full of dinosaurs. That's the, other, that's the only other thing I was going to mention, is you've got this, like, alpine town filled with dinosaurs. So you have the Saurus, and then you also have the mini pterodactyls, which I'd completely forgotten about until right, I played the game yes. again. Uh, I was just thinking about them, but I totally forgot to equate them to di- uh, dinosaurs. Yeah. You're yeah. forgetting about the fry guys living in the corner in the little fry guy holes. Oh, yes! Yes! All right. <laughs> tell, tell us about the fry guys. <laughs> well, they're they're just happy little meeps living in their happy little holes. They like apples and uh, furs. They like their fur. Yeah. Makes a great coat, I've heard. Yeah, especially the green. <laughs> Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sorry. But not, not only do you have the animals, but you also have the weird plants. I mean, not only do you have the dryad, but you got those spore-spitting spiria, too, which is completely weird and never mentioned in a series ever again. Yeah. Yeah. All of that makes me think of, of Quest for Glory 1 as almost... Um, Kind of reminds me of that Frank Rosetta, like, 70s fantasy where you've got clearly wizards and, and kings and nobles, but you just have dinosaurs also. And, you know, it's it's like an alien fantasy style of world. I don't know, it's charming. But I, I'd forgotten a lot of that until I played it again recently. Mm-hmm. But the dinosaurs are at least a recurring theme in the series because right. you've got the Sauri and the pterosauruses and running deaths and all that. Right. It is. It is consistent. That's true. Um, so, uh, I, I forget if you already answered this one, Hope, but, uh, your, what was your, which one was your favorite in the series again? Oh, I, I was mainly going to do a bit. Uh, I, I think my favorites probably are also two and four and not just because they both have Adavis, uh, <laughs> but as, as major encounters, uh, but no, I, I do Imagine think that, that those celebrity crush, <laughs> uh, <laughs> growing up. Yes. Very sinister beards. It's a, uh, it was a big thing for me. Um, sounds like a cool rock band name. Sinister Beards? I would buy the t-shirt. Well, yeah, the great thing about Adavis is he's someone you can trust. You know, he's got those, like, lovely yellow eyes and kind of snaky. Yeah. Um, But no, I do think that those two have uh, the strongest plots. All the plots are great, but uh, I do love those two. But I do have a a lot of nostalgia for the original game. Um, Of course, yeah. it, It almost feels like being on vacation. Uh, the first game to me because there's not really a time limit. There's nothing that you have to do. I mean, you can just like muck around and build stats. You can just hang out and eat all the food. Um, you know, there's nothing that's that's really compelling you. Uh, you're mm-hmm. sort of saving the valley at your leisure. And I always thought that was nice. I once got to day 100 before I gave up and finished. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, that's uh, actually one of the things that I thought was really interesting about Quest for Glory is that um, it's the story involves a prophecy and it's an old prophecy that like you know, no one really knows the origins, but this prophecy that's sort of uh, been around in the town and now you come along to actually like fulfill that prophecy, but you don't necessarily have to fulfill that prophecy. Like you only have to do one of the things that it asks <laughs> you to do. And it's like, it's the, the prophecy is actually something that you, you have to live up to. It's not just like a predetermined fate. It's like the, 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 uh, a hero will come to the land and do these things. I did one of those. I uh, guess that's good enough. Fine. <laughs> you know? One out of three. You, you, you blew it. You blew the one chance. We've been, we've been sitting on this for like a thousand years and you did like none of it. <laughs> what, what you do with your spare time? You upped your nose picking skills for some reason. 
<laughs> Shame in the lockpick up there. <laughs> my, my favorite joke about that is that it starts off with the hero comes from the east. The only way into the valley is from the east, so no matter which way you're coming, you got to loop around the mountains to come in from the east. <laughs> That's a good point. They're hedging their bets. We have very dramatic <laughs> winds in those days. <laughs> a living person will come and save us. <laughs> we were right. We called it. Some zombie shows up. What is this? Damn it. <laughs> come on. Did y'all have specific character classes that you preferred to play the most? Uh, typically, Was anyone a not a thief? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, it was I always preferred... I, I always preferred playing as a uh, fighter-wizard combo that would uh, then become a paladin. Solid. Yeah, I actually, uh, I typically play, uh, the majority of the time, I would start as a thief, and then right around free, I would switch to wizard. Like, I, I'd start as a thief with magical abilities, and mm -hmm. then I would turn to primary wizard around free. Because that's when Wizard, Wizard gets really fun. I'll say, though, uh, one of my favorite things about Quest for Glory generally, uh, people recognizing you, I love, and I, you don't see this to me, and, and maybe there's other adventure games that, that do this, and if so, please tell me. Uh, but the fact that every major plot point, they don't do this so much in the first one, but going forward, if you accomplish something, people will comment on it. Right. And I always thought that was one of my favorite aspects of the game was okay i did this now i'm gonna go around to all my friends and have them correct congratulate me um <laughs> thank you you're welcome uh and especially in in the fourth one where everyone starts out just hating you and then eventually comes around was so satisfying where if you're playing something like you know uh, skyrim and you're literally have saved the world and done all these things you still have guards being like oh you dropped your sweet rule like <laughs> no i am the dragonborn you need to respect me and you actually get respect in quest for glory so that that first time that dimitri tells you do take care you get choked up because it's like oh he likes me now yeah <laughs> <laughs> I actually just noticed like earlier today because of some of the conversations that happened in the uh, Facebook group of the Classic Gamers Guild. I just suddenly realized like, you know, Quest for Glory 4, you start off with like nobody trusts you, nobody likes you, and then they warm up to you. As opposed to uh, in Quest for Glory 3, it was like everyone kind of like begrudgingly trusts you and then they like stop trusting you and they hate you at the end. And then they're just like, okay, yeah, no, we've, we've listened to your, we've listened to you and you failed. So we are going to war. <laughs> <laughs> it will take like, you several games to get back your, your yeah. credentials with us, sir. Well, there was one person who never stopped trusting you, and that was our little buddy, Manu. Yes. Yeah. Aww. He was the true hero of the game. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, not, I'm not alone in the nose-picking thing with the lock, right? I gotta go back to that, because I, I, any, I didn't catch anybody being like, yeah, you, you guys did that, right? Oh, no. That's, that's the best way. Okay, all right. I just had to make sure. I don't want to. I would have been really excited if it was like new news. You know, I could deliver you this brand new piece of information from 1989. <laughs> oh, I went out and bought an actual <laughs> physical lockpick set just for that purpose. <laughs> how'd you How'd you do? Did you unlock your nose? Uh, it's still a bit uh, swollen, but I'm. Uh, it's what's good. <laughs> I actually did not realize that you could do that in the original EGA version because I never typed pick nose. Um, but I it did turn out that like I slipped and clicked a pixel too much to one side uh in the vga version and click the um the lockpick icon close to the proximity of my face and yeah. that's when i first uh 
yeah. unsuccessfully picked my nose and hemorrhaged my brain and then realized <laughs> that that was a thing. <laughs> you gotta go home, sit bolt upright, and just work on those XPs digging in there. <laughs> I, I actually, I had the same exact, uh, same exact experience as you, Rick. I, I didn't know to type it, but I, but I, I guess I, yeah, stumbled across it like you did because when I didn't play Crash for Glory as like a child, like when I went back to it, I've got like a quarter of the way into the VGA remake before I realized there, there was an EGA. I was a bit rusty, you know, just, just kind of getting back into things. As a kid, I didn't pay attention to that stuff. But I remember when I saw the version of the EGA, I completely abandoned the VGA version. Like, it was the EGA was just so, it was so pretty. It was so, like, mm. it, it, it was, like, more, like, full of life. You know, everything was, like, so the color palette was really Attaboy. exciting. The palette, yeah. The, the I, I like the stark contrast in the color palette, just a little bit more bright, whereas the, uh, uh, the VGA looks good in its own way there there are some screens that are actually really quite nice but it's just kind of uh it goes for that muddy green brown that the the color of real it, it is so much green and brown yeah yeah, yeah that's it's a very, very green it's and brown very experience. Earth tone game mm-hmm. yeah which but i do sh- like i like the grand scale of a lot of things in vga like i said i'm i'm partial to that game just because i played it first um, and I do appreciate the EGA. I think it's I think it's very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like just the scale and and detail they got into that game for certain screens. I think are very pretty. I mean, like Zara's shop is just holy cow. You know, it's it's another mm-hmm. world. Um, Arana's piece I think looks gorgeous in the VGA version. The fruit is so delicious looking and caused me so much frustration as a child because <laughs> I wanted to eat that fruit. I wanted yeah. to find that fruit in the world. You should see um, how much better it looks with my EGA make. Oh, okay. Right, All yeah. right. I will, I will investigate that. I am interested. Uh, but it just does the, the sparkle on that. I couldn't get over uh, when I was growing up. I, I just loved that place. Uh, and it's still mm-hmm. just as soon as I got to that screen, replaying it a few days ago, just, you know, your, the heart swells. Yeah, yeah, warm and, and cozy. And I, by no means, if I if I express a preference over the EGA, um, I by no means am saying that I dislike the VGA. I played the hell out of the VGA version as well. Not not the same for me. <laughs> EGA all the way. Yes, stronger enough. Leaning heavy on that side. We'll, we'll we'll get back to that in a second. But I just there, there's one thing that always kind of I'm the only one who thinks this apparently because nobody else mentions it. Even even times when I bring it up. Like, if I make a post in the Facebook group, no one ever addresses it. So it's like, no one ever hears me when I try to bring this up. No one seems to notice it. No one else ever talks about it. But for some reason, when the hero walks around, I feel like his legs are really stumpy. <laughs> Every time he walks around, I, th- I just picture him like of like gorilla proportions. <laughs> in uh, which this, version? Uh, the VGA. In the VGA? The cape makes that it That run weird. animation is the weirdest thing in the world, too. The He's sneak like, is weird, too. completely forward. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but no yeah. one, no one else thinks this. Like, no one, no one thinks he has like ah. the stumpiest legs in the VGA because it just he does. It, I think it's the fact that his boots look higher than they need to be. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of flair on him. He's got boots. short pants, but high boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, I think for a lot of the side and back shots, the cape makes it odd. They tried to billow it, and sometimes it succeeds, but mostly not um, on that cape in the mm. VGA version. I think. Yeah, it's kind of got like a the flag on the moon sort of vibe. Like there's wires in it or something. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a pointless. Sorry. Anyway, I, I, <laughs> pointless conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> you mean they actually did go to the moon? <laughs> I thought that was in a sound studio somewhere. 
<laughs> well, you know, one of the things that definitely puts me in favor of the EGA version over the VGA is that, uh, you know, we, we all pointed out that we, you know, we kind of found the Heroes Quest, you know, kind of scary at times, and especially through things like, uh, for me particularly, the Cheetar and stuff like that. But uh, in the VGA version, he's kind of like, oh, look, it's a giant Gumby centaur, like <laughs> this, <laughs> this um, yeah. blob of clay in the rough form of uh cheetards or like yeah that's not quite as scary as like this i i personally wouldn't say it was more the art style it was a lot to do with mark siebert's music because it really sets the tone perfectly i mean that the, the goblin scene you know you go into the cave with the kobold and mm-hmm. just that haunting e- even with just the uh pc internal speaker it was beautiful yeah absolutely and I still have all those tunes just like in my head. Like I just remember them after all these years. They're just stuck there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I find myself humming the uh, stable theme every time I have to do any sort of like outdoor physical <laughs> labor. I did not pay you to rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say, speak on the VGA subject. I, I think by by a long way, it's the best of the, all the VGA remakes that Sierra did. That is absolutely like, uh, true. I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I really liked any of the other. I, I specifically didn't like the Space Quest one. Kind of impartial on on Larry and Police Quest, and, and King's Quest. But either, like in other words, this one kind of it made the most sense. While while I still quite heavily prefer the EGA myself, just personally, I, I still I I think this one did like. I think this one there was justification for, for doing it, unlike mm-hmm. the other ones where it's like you know just leave it, mate. It, it was fine. But whereas this one, I could see it enhancing the experience. Um, to a degree with the um, RPG elements and such. Well, not only that, but they really wanted to release it too to get it out, uh, an actual Quest for Glory 1 out there to go with mm. Quest for Glory 2. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Great game point. change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lori had brought up, I think when we were talking to her, that, that it was the, the scariest part or the hardest part about the whole deal was like you're selling a... a, a a sequel to a game that no one's ever heard of because there wasn't technically a first one, <laughs> you know, and that, yeah. that's got to be, yeah. it's amazing. This series was successful. Cause I, 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 I couldn't imagine going to a store and picking up, you know, number two of something I never heard of before. I don't think I would have done it. So it's, it's impressive. It speaks a lot for word of mouth on this game that it uh, was, especially since was. they were legally uh, not allowed to mention that it was formerly called heroes quest. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right. What a handicap, yeah. I think you kind of had to only know about it through the product catalogs that came with the games. I think that's the only right. way or you would ever really be able to... have somebody knowledgeable at Radio Shack that knew what they were talking about. <laughs> right. who, who probably found out through the product catalogs that came with the games. <laughs> probably. We'll <laughs> 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 see. So do we, have a, do we have a unanimous least favorite? By chance, I mean, I, I, the elephant in the room is uh, number five. But I mean, you know, is everyone kind of just like, yeah, I'm number sorry, what was that about? Well, I'm sorry, uh, number, you don't like number five? I no, I <laughs> I do, I do. But there, there, I, but there if is I, no game that any of us doesn't like. I imagine. I was, yeah, I would right. I would happily play any of them over exactly. most other games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like gun like gun to your head, you have to pick a least. Uh, mine would be the VGA remake of one. I would actually put. Uh, five higher than okay. Than yeah, three. no, that's true. I, I I never really count them as separate. Like I know that they are, and I know that I would always say EJ over VG blah blah blah. blah. But um, I when when we come when it comes to ranking them, I never really consider them separately for some reason. But I actually um to answer your question, Paul, like yeah, five is my uh comparatively speaking uh the least favorite. But I hate having to say that just because it's so underrated. I don't want to. 
uh, admit that it's my least favorite because I want to just be able to say, no, that's one of my favorites. Right, um, right. Yeah. Just to offset how underrated but one it has to be out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be at least one. Yeah. And it's just unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately it is, um, you know, it came at the wrong era when 3D was just too young and they, you know, they had a lot of problems with trying to get the engines working and the graphics working and, uh, and it just didn't have quite the same nostalgia factor. So. See, I, I actually really enjoy 5. It's like, you know, I, I rate this game 95 out of 100, but it's still my least favorite. Exactly. Sure. 95 out of 100. I don't know that 5 <laughs> would be my least favorite, just because that was my my odd chronology. That was the second one that I played, and so it does have a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, I think a lot of the sprites have not aged. I think some of the backgrounds are really gorgeous. Yes. And I think everyone agrees the dryad yeah. scene is beautiful. Um, even some of the street scenes in Samaria, I think, are very pretty. Uh, the mm-hmm. music is fantastic. I still mm-hmm. will listen to the music. Um, the heads are rough. The faces, the 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 uh, character close-ups are are very rough. But um, I like that game a lot. Mm-hmm. Purely a product of 1997. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I acclimatize yeah. to it so quickly, too. Like, when if I start playing, I only really notice the graphics for, like, about the first 10 minutes. And then from then on, it's sort of like, okay, well, I'm just playing the game now. I'm not paying attention right. to that anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I recently replayed Sanitarium, which which had, uh, give or take, came out around the same time and had very similar graphics. And, and you're right, it's, you do, you know, like, you adjust to it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, so Hope, you, you keep alluding to the fact that 5 is not your least favorite <laughs> not in my the least series. Favorite. And keep in mind that I do have a button that can kick you <laughs> off this call. All right. <laughs> no, it's hard to say. So, um, this is an unpopular opinion. It's going to be very unpopular. Um, probably Heroes EGA is the one that I've played with the least. Um, and that's, that's with loving it, you know, and loving that game. No, uh, that, that is the one that I've played the least. But again, I, I understand that that is an unpopular opinion and based yeah. largely on my own circumstance and how I played the games. Um, and that so much of what I, uh, take from quest for glory is nostalgia uh and that's that's one that i've played through maybe once or twice um so it is what it is as as much as i personally disagree with that you did save yourself from being kicked off the call thanks (laughs) (laughs) okay in, in defense of number five number five was my skyrim before skyrim came along it's the game i think sunk the most time into Mm. that uh i mean i would spend hours upon hours i would i would do what I do in Skyrim now, back then, on, you know, stay up all night just killing ogres, and mm-hmm. yeah, that that was my Skyrim before Skyrim was a thing. There is, the, the correct answer is there is no such thing as a least favorite. <laughs> yes, that's, that's more like campaigning for office sort of response, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like you guys said, I have to redeem myself. Of course, it's it is an awesome game, and I, I did I did really like it. But yeah, having to pick one, I think for me, if you were to if you were to strip away like just the aesthetics of it, uh, uh, put like uh, put all the stories up against each other and things like that, it, it's definitely not the least. But it, just for me, it's it is the 3D that kind of probably derailed it for me. Mm-hmm. A bit unpalatable. Actually, Paul, did you even tell us what your favorite, which one your favorite was? I guess not. Um, I I would I would probably say one in four yeah yeah probably number one it's hard not to say four Uh, part of me almost wants to say one in two but but yeah probably one in four fair enough it it seems like 
four is is the most revered of the series. Would you lot agree? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. What? I mean, the voice acting alone makes it a fan favorite. Voice acting, yeah. Voice acting is amazing. Soundtrack's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I got two words for you, Jennifer Hale. <laughs> <laughs> four is a very close second for me. Like it, it really could have been number one if not for I just don't like the combat in that game. I think that's the only thing that really mm-hmm. drags it down from the number one spot. But um, uh, number three is my favorite just because I like the story the most and the setting. The story and the setting, I think, are the two best in the series. Uh, four is a really good story, but I think um, four, I don't think, shines so much for me with story so much as it does with the characters. Like my emotional attachment to mm-hmm. um, to the characters in that game and the emotional response I get uh, as a result of like, you know, what happens to some of the characters, good and bad, uh, really affects me a lot more than any other game. But I think just in terms of story and plot-wise, I actually think 3 is uh, a little bit more uh, more of an actual story and a stronger one than uh, anything else in the series. The only thing that let me down with 3, and I agree, 3 is awesome. The setting's very cool. Um, Best setting, yeah. The villain is very undeveloped to me. Yeah, uh, in three. The demon wizard just kind of comes out of nowhere and is is not really built up. And like he's got a cool hallucinogenic portal, but I, I wish there was more characterization from him or, he, or just more to do with him. Yeah, he uh, even Minos in five was built up better. Yeah, I mean you would talk to him some. They could have done a little bit better um, to really establish the the demon wizard, but the, I guess the problem was that it took so late in the game for them to really reveal the mm-hmm. final um the the demon sub uh, subplot or that mm-hmm. the demons were part of the uh were behind the main plot right and uh but i mean if it's any kind of a consolation they do kind of um uh i can't remember if they outwardly establish or at least they kind of uh allude to the fact that he's like the he's he was the demon that wounded rakish Oh, I guess he is. Yeah. yeah. So they kind of like he his presence was foreshadowed earlier, even if it takes a little bit to kind of figure that one out. But um, but no, I, I agree. He is the least developed out of any of the villains in the game. But I think he's more of a um, he's more of a story necessity than an actual character. I think we've all learned today that the real villain was war. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'll admit about my uh, love for Quest for Glory Five, though. Uh, I'm a huge Greek mythology fan, right. obviously, with the username of Orion, it's kind of, you know, a given. So having it set in the aggression world, it's all, you know, like right up my uh, fandom alley, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, once I found out it was going to be dealing with like the Hydra and even the Icarus wings, I was like a giddy schoolboy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's... um. It was weird for me just because I, I was also I also grew up a big fan of uh, Greek mythology, and um, I, I just feel like because the Quest for Glory series had like explored so many very uh, unexplored areas before, especially with like the African Egyptian mythology. I felt by the time they finally got around to the Greek mythology, it was comparatively boring by that point for me. It's like, I can mm-hmm. see that. It's like, oh, wow, all these really cool things. And then here they finally get to the thing that I've, I have already know everything about. Or not everything. I'm not going to be that um, pompous. <laughs> but, you know, the one I mo- the one I already knew the most before the se- without the series, I should say. And it's like, okay, it took your time. No, I think, I mean, my the series was an introduction for me 
to so many aspects of mythology that, yeah. you know, I heard from, I think that's true for a lot of folks that heard, heard about them from Quest for Glory first. Um, that, you know, you can now speak uh, with authority about, you know, a Rasulka or a, a Lishi or, or whatever the, the creature may be. Mm-hmm. Um, different types of djinn, you know, and, and at least from a folklore perspective, have a good sense of what those things are. Mm-hmm. I still geek out every time Baba Yaga is mentioned on any sort of TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And one of, I mean, as much as I, I, you know, have preferences for certain characters, you know, love Adavis, um, Baba Yaga is possibly my favorite character in the entire series. She's just great. I just love her. Mm-hmm. As much as it did teach me a lot about all these different uh, mythologies and folklores, it did lie to me by telling me that x-ray glasses work. <laughs> I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> well, we know somebody's not becoming a paladin. That is something that confused me was the concept of paladins. So I played Quest for Glory long before I ever touched any Dungeons and Dragons. And mm-hmm. so talking to friends, being Same. like, great, so a paladin's got to be chaotic good because they just do what's right no matter what. And they're like, um, no. <laughs> I was like, no, what do you mean? They're like the best. They're so stalwart. And, and, and they're like, no, paladins are like no fun kings. And I'm like, what? What is this lie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the word the word paladin was always presented to me like I knew what it meant. You know, I was like, and then if you know, if you don't choose a thief, you get to be a paladin. I'm like, I this, <laughs> Google doesn't exist yet. I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> I, I went the longest time thinking it was a uh, paladin. I uh, I said arena for the longest time, and being a child in Kentucky, it was arena's pace, um, and that was that was one hundred percent how I pronounced her name forever. I I am over here cringing now. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. Okay, my my main question here is: Do you say mana or mana? Mm. Mana. I get the feeling that either way I answer this is going to be wrong. Growing up, I always said I, mana. I waffle back and forth. Yeah. Depending on how it sounds in context with the words around it is how I say it. I think I actually had to go just now. I think I just had to go into my head and say, like, secret of mana. Oh, I say mana. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, Laurie and Corey Cole, they made the uh, recent uh, Hero You, which, depending who you ask, may or may not be considered a spiritual successor to the Quest for Glory series. Uh, ha- have, we all, have we all played uh, Rogue to Redemption yet? Yes. Uh, what would you all think of yep. that? I, I personally loved it. I mean, it's got more of a modern gaming take to it with the whole uh, time frame thing where, you, you know, each event takes up a certain amount of time, you know, like a lot of Flash games out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, story-wise, it, pun-wise, oh my god, oh my god. bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did a great job maintaining the humor and the, the tone. I felt um, I really enjoyed it too. I had a great time playing it. It was wonderful to go back to that kind of, you know, that kind of gameplay, if not the exact world. Although the the references to Quest for Glory and to that world made it uh, just every time you found one of those little jewels was uh, mm-hmm. very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really I enjoyed it a lot. But I don't think you needed to have played Quest for Glory to play it either. Which oh no, is not at solid. all. Solid. I mean, that's that's important. That's good. Yeah. I'm just going to say the game was very uh, um, quirky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we got the, uh, we got Summer Days is coming out. Uh, it's uh, launched its Kickstarter. It's, uh, it's not the proper sequel to Rogue to Redemption. Is it sort of like, is it a side story or a spinoff or a... 
I'm not fully sure, but from what I understand, it's it's not game two, but it's a side game. Side kind game, of like yeah. How, mm-hmm. uh, Elder Scrolls had like Red Garden and stuff like that. Right. That's not you know a numbered game. Mm-hmm. So this is you know like Hero U one point five before two. Or comes Quest out. for Glory four point five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. yeah, not. Yeah. Sorry. I I'm sorry I even brought that up. I'm going to Remember when talking about that was banned from forums? No, I was not part of the forums. Oh yeah, I I was a uh, admin of the forums that uh banned it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird for me to see anybody even mentioning it on uh Classic Gamers Guild because I'm like, "Oh no, you can't talk about that." <laughs> Actually, you know what? That, that, that's a really good point. Uh now that I have you guys here, uh, I was never part of those forums, so tell me a little bit about those days. Yeah. I feel left out. What's oh the halcyon days? Oh, let's see. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Gloriana High School. Oh my gosh. We had dating games. <laughs> Man, it was the um, best. We had quest for glorifications, which were uh, filks, basically. Do you, do you do you remember who wants to be a millionaire? Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. That that, that was like the biggest multi-author fan fiction event i've ever been part of the uh one of the dating games was my uh my favorite uh was the uh this is all deep cuts i don't know if you want any of this rick uh but we uh, <laughs> we so so to give some context um Orion and I uh, were both uh, teens on the official Sierra Quest for Glory forums uh, through, I'm going to say the early 2000s, probably 2002, 2003, 2004 were my heaviest years on it. And I would literally log onto that forum every single afternoon, sometimes stay up all night writing fan fiction. I had, you know, an entire, you know, alter ego and, and a character that went with her and like, deeply like embodied a lot of that into myself <laughs> probably more than was healthy josh still well, does. what do you mean had what do you mean had i still <laughs> my mind still lives in my head every day oh no mcgrabby's there all the time but she's a bit of a terrifying presence i mean she she's a bit of a tulpa she could come not, out not, at any not, time not not to orion not to orion <laughs> no i'm sure not <laughs> But yeah, she's she's great. So she's basically an evil Mary Sue. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but but we would embody these characters, and we would you know talk about Quest for Glory, and we wrote some really hilarious fan fiction. I mean, maybe I'm looking through things with rose colored glasses, but I learned to write from that forum, and you know found my writing voice here, and yeah. found my sense of humor. Uh, and it was really fantastic. And I've met a few folks from those days in person. And then coming back to the Classic Gamers Guild is just like coming home. And I really appreciate that, that that community's come around again in kind of a different form. It, it really does feel like the uh, old days are back again, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I'm like, oh, it's great. It, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to, to describe it. But we did. We, we, I mean, you can talk. You can speak to it just as much. There was an entire culture, you know, memes before we had memes in that kind of sense, uh, inside jokes. It was fantastic. It was really fun. And I think some of it still exists. Some of the songs, I want to say, still exist. Some of it was saved. I still have the uh, my uh, dating game upload on my Who did you date? Uh, website. Al Marina. Oh, that's, she was awesome. She was an opera singer. Oh, uh, she was the best. Yeah, she was so cool. Yeah? Wait, what is yeah. this? There's a um, the multi-author fan fiction where uh, I don't have the dating game saved, but I got the actual date afterwards where the event and everything. Uh, everybody's trying to foil the event, basically. 
but the, I, I have that uploaded onto my website. It's uh, archive.legendsofglory.com. You can click on the uh, dating game on the little menu on the left and peruse to your own. You know. <laughs> we uh, so to to kind of explain this, um, yeah. we would have games that we would run on the forums, and one of them was a dating game wherein the uh, not the characters from Quest for Glory, although sometimes people would embody those characters, uh, but the users would you know have a dating game between one forum member and three others, ask them questions usually related to Quest for Glory or fantasy in some way, and then eventually we would write a multi-author fanfic about their date in Gloriana. And usually other people would come in and try to mess with the date or drive the story. And there would be, you know, different plot points. It was always on theme and you would bring in characters um, from Quest for Glory and settings as part of the story. But it was also as though it was happening to our characters. Um, Mm. It was great. It was very fun. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, just as we are about to wrap up, are there any last words? Uh, last uh, on in regards to um, in regards to Quest for Glory, which is uh, are you threatening ha- us? Happy happy thirtieth. <laughs> any last words about this game? <laughs> oh goodness! I think Josh is trying to say something. Yeah. Did it did it die on me again? It, it did. did. Ah, my phone doesn't like me. But uh, as I was saying. Uh, this game series started my obsession with Jennifer Hill, and it has not died once. Ever no. Since what, what was that? <laughs> Should she be worried? <laughs> um, kind of. If, if you ever meet in person, there is going to need to have security there for uh, <laughs> probably my safety because I'll probably end up hurting myself. <laughs> oh, <just> fall down. <laughs> just lose all bodily function and just collapse. i i can only say that i appreciate so much the the memories and the experiences that i had playing this game and getting to live in this world uh and being able to come back to it you know really anytime that i have the time and can turn on the computer but even more so the relationships and the memories i have with other fans um is just as rich for me and i'm so grateful yeah. that they exist. I mean, um, growing up, I had uh, two working parents, so uh, Quest for Glory was quite often the babysitter for me. And, I, and uh, <laughs> you know, my, my brothers did their own thing. They're a little, they're a little bit older than I am, so they were doing teenage stuff. For us, I was just sort of like, well, I'll just stay home and entertain myself with you. another playthrough of Quest for Glory, uh, whichever game I happened to choose that day. Um, yeah, my there teenage was... stuff was playing Quest for Glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it was like, uh, you know, very quickly Saturday morning cartoons transferred into Saturday quest for glory binges so <laughs> every week. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, I just, um, it, it, it was a huge part of growing up for, uh, for me and I'm sure for all of us, uh, except maybe Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that that also implies that we, uh, we actually grew, grew up, up. So yeah. 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 I suppose I should uh, rephrase that. <laughs> here here we are 30 years later still that uh, quest for glory is what we're talking about so you know I, I don't think we really ever truly left i imagine that if i end up in some sort of rest home as a, a very old 160 year old woman uh that i will be like all right peace y'all finish my jello it's time to play some quest for glory <laughs> i'm doing I'm, a I'm be like this a 90 year old man i'm gonna have that uh, dead fish in my pants like i had on the forums <laughs> <laughs> we'd be taking it to the, the nurse says you can't call it chester life. 
<laughs> oh, I'm missing out so much on this, I'm sure. <laughs> Ch- Chester was my roleplay character's uh, magical familiar, but uh, okay. he, uh, he was originally just a dead fish. He kept it in his pocket. <laughs> just thinking, just, he, he, was, he was inspired by the fish slapping dance from Monty Python. Of course, yeah. I yeah. forgot that he started and, out as dead. Yeah, and he got zapped by another character. My, my ah. character got electrified. And okay. Re- was it me? Re- no, it was actually, uh, I think it was Paladin Wizard. That guy. Yeah. He took and electrocuted me in one of the stories, and, and the fish came back to life with magic, like, merged magical powers with my character. And yeah, uh, Chester is my uh, like own personal mascot now. <laughs> Chester's a reanimated fish. I would. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he started out just being called Dead Fish in Pants. <laughs> we, we leaned heavy into literal names back in the day. <laughs> we were, we you know, were. Sometimes the old ways. Yeah. What is your name? <laughs> Person with dark hair. <laughs> hey, hey, that's how the uh, Native Americans name things. So it worked for them. <laughs> I, I I would really hope that I would accomplish more than to be known as the guy with the dark hair. <laughs> Man with nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta punch yourself in the face every morning so you live up to your name. It sucks. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, th- uh, you know what? Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It's been a, it's been such a blast chatting with you guys. Um, Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you for and, having uh, us. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. Um, uh. So for those of you out there who want to join in the fun, the Classic Gamers Guild is a Facebook group as well as a Facebook page. So come follow us there. Uh, We're also on Twitter at the CG Guild. If you'd like to support the show, we're on Patreon. You can find us, the Classic Gamers Guild, of course. So thank you very much for joining us. And until next time. Thank you to our guests. I love you. And I hope you guys come back soon. And everyone be safe. Have fun. Don't do murder. Don't do murder. Fun, fun side note. Quest for Glory 1 is the first game where I actually did do a murder. Yeah. Damn it, Josh. (laughs) 